Hello, and welcome to Makers.dev episode number 29. Chris, howdy-doody. <laughs> howdy-doody back at you. <laughs> that, that is the appropriate response to howdy-doody. Um, how's it going? How, how was your week? Yeah, it's going pretty well. Um, the neighborhood pool is open, so we got our first swim-in of the year. Um, it was a little cold, but that's all right. It nice. felt good anyway. Um, my computer is coming tomorrow. So, Oh, my gosh. Yes, it has shipped. It's Christmas Eve. I know. It is Christmas Eve. Um, I'm super excited. I the the payback i had more thoughts about the payback because the payback t period on paper is like a year or so for 24 7 mm -hmm. use but then like i saw multiple tweets today of people getting like eight thousand dollar aws bills because they accidentally left you know like 10 instances running or something Ooh. and so it's like i don't have to worry about that i can just you know do whatever i want <laughs> so um i'm excited it's coming i guess in the worst case you get like a i don't know a ten dollar electricity bill and yeah, you're like yeah. oh uh, left it on accidentally. Yeah, and also like coming back to this, having having an unlimited pipeline of you have this tool and you can just use it as much as possible. I'm reminded of, I may have drawn this analogy before, transistors. Going from a transistor is a physical thing that costs a substantial amount of money to a transistor is practically free and is itty bitty tiny. You can do things with it that you wouldn't have thought of that were even conceivable before. So I'm very excited to see what you do with this machine, just knowing that you have it and time when you're not using it is just wasted. You're not having to spend for, you're not even having to think about trying to optimize the amount of time or, or justifying its use. You can just run this and say, yeah, <laughs> you know, let me try to optimize my grocery uh, <laughs> delivery service and figure out the, the pattern in that. And then inevitably something in that process, just using this more and, and getting more reps in, I think you'll arrive to a space that'll be uh, much more interesting that you couldn't have predicted and would have been very difficult to get to if you were just using Google Colab. So I am also excited for uh, Christmas Day tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, me too. You mentioned uh, swimming for the first time. Uh, here's a fun little uh, anecdote of something I have noticed recently about swimming. Uh, I went to a pool party yesterday and went swimming uh, a week ago. And after getting out of the pool, my feet and hands itch, like a lot. And it was a very familiar sensation, but I was conscious of it now because I haven't been swimming in so long of like, I don't think this is supposed to happen. I don't, <laughs> I don't think my hands and feet are supposed to itch after I've been in a pool. So I have an open loop now of a mysterious health thing. Huh. Allergic uh, to another... chlorine or something maybe? But they were both saltwater pools, but there is chlorine mm. in saltwater. Uh, I think the salt is just like a buffer solution. I'm not quite sure how yeah, those work. I think uh, saltwater pools make their own chlorine or something. I heard that once. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. Don't 100% know sure how, how and that then works. The but... Overall, chlorine levels might be lower because it's buffered, so you don't need as much. So you just have like the amount that you need at any time. I'm not sure, but it's it's an open project. I'm excited to dig into it. Uh, we have some announcements for the podcast. First of all, thank you, listeners, Justin Jackson and Peter Soom. Last week, uh, we had shout-outs from each of you on how cool our podcast is and that makes me feel really cool so uh thank you <laughs> it's cool to have listeners like you uh say i've said this so many times but like how cool is it that a conversation i would have been having with you anyway just by putting a little bit more effort into it of like you know building a video pipeline from scratch and uh going through and time stamping the things and uh putting in descriptions now we can just have extra contact with people who are interesting who are interested in the same things as us more connections are happening it's amazing and for people listening to this 
this is happening probably during dead time of when you're mowing the lawn or doing something where you, you wouldn't have been listening to interesting things. Uh, so it's just all around better. It feels like this podcast is making the world more cool. Uh, cool announcement number two. I had my chat with, we can say his name. I asked his explicit <laughs> permission. Great. Jesse Anderson, who, just like you described, is just like a dude who is interested in self-improvement and noticed that he had ADHD and has been trying a whole bunch of things to better understand himself and uh, how he can manipulate his psychology in a more productive way. So I asked him if he wanted to be our first guest on the show. And next episode, uh, he agreed, we're, we're going to talk about ADHD with Jesse Anderson. And I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, briefly, I'd like to talk about like, how are we going to do that? How, how are we going to interview a person? Is it, or do we just ping pong back and forth? Like when we have a question, we ask him the question and I, how, how are you picturing that happening? Uh, I don't know. Is it going to be more like an interview or a conversation sort of between the three of us? Uh, I guess we should try to figure that out. But I figured we'd just all get on and just keep <laughs> just talk. I don't know. Just chat about stuff. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, I guess we'll try it. And if it's bad, who cares? We'll, we'll fix it in the next one. Uh, I, I, we'll... I will say, so I heard Cortland Allen on the Indie Hackers uh, podcast talking about like what it takes to be a good interview host and interviewing somebody else. Um, and I think you do all these things naturally. And it's basically like following up on threads, uh, asking interesting questions, stuff like that. So if you want to take the lead and interview him, I think that'd be great because I think you do it naturally and I, I don't really. And so uh, I, th I think it'll be good um, just because great. because of that. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. That's uh, a skill I've wanted to cultivate for a while. I grew up on like listening to Tim Ferriss and Joe Rogan and thinking, oh man, I want to be able to do that. How cool would that be to <laughs> chat with Neil deGrasse Tyson and have that conversation be worthwhile uh, for his time? So neat. Uh, okay, cool. We'll, we'll have a chat and uh, I will take the, the default lead. If there's a empty moment, I'll follow up on loose threads and chat. Had a great conversation with him just like one-on-one. -on -one. I, I almost wish that I'd recorded that conversation. I think we'll be repeating a lot of the things that we covered in the individual conversations we had with him, but it'll be a, it'll be a cool episode. Uh, neat. So the RTX 3090 is getting delivered tomorrow. That's incredibly exciting. What, what else have yep. you been thinking about this last week? Um, I've been doing more of the AI stuff. Um, I have, there's a couple things I could talk about. Um, I, so I'm starting my master's program in the fall. Um, I, one of the first classes I will probably take is advanced linear algebra. Uh, it's the only math course of the whole of the, uh, so there's 10 courses in the, in the masters. It's the only math course you're required to take. Um, but I forget all of basic linear algebra. So I have to relearn that over the summer. Um, and then there's some other like basics that I, that I want to, um, get more familiar with since I haven't done it since college, which was over a decade ago now. Um, so what I thought about doing is something like, uh, a reading group or just a mailing list or something, um, to keep myself accountable. Um, so I might this week push something, um, on Twitter, that is like, you know, if you want to learn this along with me, then, you know, join this mailing list and I will, you know, push whatever I learned, you know, over the week. Um, I think that's a good way to keep me accountable and start growing a mailing list for, you know, AI related things, people who are interested in that. Um, two years ago, I did something called Summer of AI and that's at summerofai.com if you want to see the old videos. Um, but I was thinking about redoing that again for 2021 anyway. So I think that might go coincide. And so that is more like, 
So the reading group kind of thing is more like learning the math behind AI, and that's to get me ready for this master's. The summer of AI is like almost no math. It's like jumping you right into like understanding what it is, what the different libraries are, and then how to actually, you know, do do some stuff with like no math involved. Um, so I think if I do both of those things, I'll be pretty much ready for uh, for the fall. And so, yeah, so I'm sort of plan been planning that. And um, I'll, I guess I got to ask you, I thought about making it paid. It was free the, free the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. What do you think about free versus paid uh, for either of those two things? I will answer that in a second. Uh, first, I want to say I love both of these ideas, and I'm a little confused as to what each of these are. Uh, I understand the mailing list and the reading group to keep yourself accountable for linear algebra. I think I think that would look like you, know, you, you post on Twitter, hey, I'm relearning linear algebra and i don't know if you'd like a weekly update of my progress with the things that i learned uh drop your email address in here and i'll send you out an email that has a highlight of what i learned and maybe a short video of like a a crash course in how to learn linear algebra how am i doing so far is that right yeah so yeah exactly right um in that part i think I think that part is free, right? Because that's like growing a mailing list that's keeping me accountable. Um, yep. It's the summer of AI stuff that is more like, so summer of AI is more like a course. So you, you take it, it's a video course, you take it and by the end of it, you've made you several neural networks um, for different things. And so it, it's, it's a video course basically. Okay, and that's a video course that you've already recorded? In 2019, yeah. Would you be re-recording those? Uh, it's a little out of date, and my video skills are much better now than they were. And so, yes, I want to re-record them. Um, and it says 2019 everywhere. I don't know why I did that. I should have just uh, not put the year, because now I have to re-record them for 2021. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'll probably re-record them without the year all over the place. Makes sense. Okay. I think the way you're describing it, I think the, I think the mailing list is a lead gen for Summer of AI. And I agree it makes sense to re-record Summer of AI videos. Your video production skills are much better. And that'll be nice to just refresh yourself going through these paces of uh, getting ready for doing your master's. And don't make the mistake this time of saying what year it is. Yep. (laughs) Uh, Make them evergreen so that in the future you can keep reusing these. And uh, maybe, you know, once once you've done this mailing list of the linear algebra... I could see doing that, you know, once every three months. And then that's a lead magnet that's just going, or continuously, I guess is even better. Just have a landing page of, uh, I don't know, learn linear algebra with chris.com dot dev and (laughs) have a drip campaign where at whatever frequency, once every three days or something, you have your real time videos of when you were at that stage in learning. I really like that actually because it's now it's naturally self-paced no matter where I am from you. So like start from the beginning of here's where I am. I took linear algebra in college and at some point I knew a lot more linear algebra than I do now. So I'm going to be able to go through this pretty fast and the advantage I have is I'll be able to contextualize and summarize things much better than if I was a true beginner. And I'm sending out an email every three days of uh, links to the resources that I consumed. So I, in teaching myself from the beginning, maybe your first email is just, I did a canvas of the internet and found these 10 resources on linear algebra. And I went through the first four lessons of Khan Academy. And here's what I learned in that high level summary. You got a matrix. Uh, it's like an array. 
a two-dimensional array and you can do a dot product and a cross product and maybe you record a little video saying as much and then you write that in the the summary in the email uh that's great because then you know you're gonna you're gonna spend whatever five weeks doing this and then at the end of it you're gonna forget where you were on the first step but me as a beginner i would want to be able to follow you along from the beginning i would want to be able to see from the very beginning of you doing the canvas of the internet um I, i've never seen that as a model are you are you taking this from somewhere of like that you're learning along with people as a drip campaign in email i, I really <laughs> uh, like that. not really although it's i've heard it said as as like a you know so as a strategy for a lot of different things is you know basically teach what the person you know either six months behind you or in this case it'll be like a week behind me wants to learn um so i just sort of like i've had that in my brain for a long time because that's what i've heard a lot of people say and so like if i'm learning all this stuff also the fact that when you teach something you just retain a lot more um i've i've seen that uh, studies have shown that and so basically if i teach something and i probably plan to do this throughout the whole masters like mm. um if i'm learning something if i turn around and teach it the, the next week then i will retain it much better i, th I think yeah. um and so so yeah so i just i i don't know if anyone has done this specifically but i think it's a good idea so yeah I'm reminded of the Feynman method, Richard Feynman, one of the physicists on the Manhattan Project, and just a crazy, kooky, incredible dude, said his method of learning things was you, you read it from the book, and then you close the book, and you try to teach it to yourself. You try to write it in your own words in a simpler way. And if you can't, then you go back to the book and you say, oh, well, okay, this was the part I was missing, and then you close it, and then you try to write it again. And what I'm hearing is that this is sort of like a... It's like an in-between stage between learning something and having a course for it. It's sort of like your working notes. It's, it's, it's your Feynman notes of understanding the thing as a product. And so I agree this should be free. It's not quite as polished to, to make it make sense as a product. And then if at any point in the future you want to roll this into, okay, you know, I've gone through the whole course and I have snapshots in time of all the different things that I've learned and I have a record of how I was learning the thing and the things that I struggled with. And I can compare, oh my gosh, in video number two, I made this mistake that only came out in video five. So when I'm teaching this thing again, I need to make sure to highlight this as a problem. Now you can make a much better course and you're not making the course starting from scratch. You're starting from here is my rough draft of exactly how I learned it on each of the snapshots and each of these lower effort videos that I recorded for it. Uh, I want to do that for all these other things <laughs> I'm learning about, like building tiny houses and figuring out ERVs and I don't know, FFmpeg things. That's, I think getting in that habit is a really good idea because now at any point in the future when inspiration strikes you to spin up a new course you've got it you have the rough draft it's just polishing it and adding a little intro and outro and your your entire curricula is already there and it was the natural process that you would have gone through anyway to reteach yourself linear algebra that's a really good idea thanks yeah i'm actually more excited about it now talking to you than i was before so uh yeah i think right after this i'm gonna make plans and um figure out how I'm going to produce it, how I'm going to like what the deliver deliverables are going to be. Um, mm. Yeah, I'm excited. So that's what I'll do this week. Fantastic. The place where I would get tripped up on this is that I consistently get tripped up on is aiming too high in quality. And I keep needing to pull myself back of no quality is going to be bad and that's okay. <laughs> it's this, that's the entire <laughs> medium. Like, 
the the game of this is just to get myself getting the reps in, just to get myself documenting where I wasn't documenting before. And then on the next pass, if I want to make a course on how to build tiny houses instead of just an email list, great, I can definitely do that. And I have this built in, all of the people who went through my course, or at least who signed up for it, I have my built-in audience of people who are interested in me and how I learn and teach things. And if I come to them and say, hey, for X amount of dollars, I can give you the summarized version of this. You don't have to go through this tedious email course and wait for it to be spaced out every three days. You can have access to it all right now and it's much more polished. I think that's a much harder sell. That, that's, yes, take my money if I was on the receiving end of that. Uh, yeah, cool. I think we just invented a new model for building info products. That's a, a good episode. <laughs> cool. <laughs> I have two things I would like to talk with you about. I was struggling last week with this decision of who to hire, uh, how to spend money on my business to be making more money. And I have now exactly what I wish I could have told myself a week ago that would have just made this process so much easier. So here's my... Actually, months ago, if I could have told this to myself months ago, this would have saved me so much time. I was struggling first with this decision of who do I hire? Do I hire a developer that would sort of be replacing my top end of Maslow's hierarchy of needs activities, someone who could replace the most valuable work I do? Or do I hire, uh, I think, a, a more of a contract person or, or no, a back-end person was who I was struggling with there, who would be like a little further down than that? Or do I hire someone much further down of like a personal assistant who, who would mop up the, the bottom uh, level of the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, thinking about things like food and water and shelter, particularly around travel? And I have a very clear justification for that now. Uh, I went on this expedition of taking a whole bunch of courses on how to delegate, which like, of course there are resources for that. Of course people have written books and courses on how to effectively delegate to people. And it seems incredibly clear to me now that you do the bottom first because the bottom is the cheapest and then that pushes you up into doing more of the things where you're most valuable. So like, duh, right? If I, if I have $1,000 to spend and I have my own time to spend and I have to make the decision, you know, allocate these in the most effective way possible, am I gonna spend that $1,000 paying someone a hundred dollars an hour to do the things that I'm best at or, and then my time is taken up with, you know, buying groceries and assembling tables that I got from Amazon. Or do I hire someone for 15 to $30 an hour to take care of all of that minutia? And I get to focus on like the top, I get to move higher. Like, of course I do the higher one. <laughs> I don't, it, it's so surprising to me listening to the last episode that I was even uh, chewing on this question. So, uh, I made the decision, like, I'm, I want to hire someone who I can pay uh, roughly in the 15 to $30 an hour range, which I think I think I would get very different types of people in that range, but uh, I'm open to anything in there. And I want to be outsourcing to them like crazy anything in the category of task that I think a reasonably intelligent person could do remotely. Uh, I'm looking for someone very systems oriented who's trying to put themselves out of jobs if it's anything sort of recurring, like, hey, I want you to handle groceries. Okay, well, I'm gonna need to eat for the rest <laughs> of my life uh, unless there's some breakthrough in Soylent or something. Uh, that'd be really cool. Uh, oh man, if I could just be solar powered, that would be wonderful. Uh, <laughs> strap one of those to my back, I'm good to go. Uh, so I would want someone who'd be able to say, okay, great, I'm ordering groceries for you and let me help you define the system so that neither of us have to be thinking about this again. 
And on one walk, I set myself to this task of what sorts of things would I want to be giving to this person? And I wrote this document of, I think, 20 different things that I was ready for them to do right now. Where thinking in this mindset of, if I'm trying to free up more time to work on development stuff or work on starting new businesses or recording new courses or starting new podcasts, what things in my life am I wanting to spend time on? What projects am I wanting to, to push forward that would make much more sense to throw money at and have someone else do them so that I can free up more time to do the higher value stuff. And I, I filled like, you know, if I'm hiring someone for 20 hours a week, I, I think I probably filled the first two weeks just on a single day of doing this sort of brainstorming. And I, I felt myself feeling so much freer of like, oh my God, my potential as a human would be so much higher if I had this person because any, I, all I would need to do is come up with an idea for a thing and then make the decision, you know, is this worth... 15 to $30 an hour for me and roughly how many hours would it take? Okay. You know, would I pay $60 to get this thing done? Yes, of course. <laughs> and I just send a text and then it's done. Uh, so I have several resources that will include in the show notes of courses and books that I took of, uh, ways that I'm pushing this forward. Uh, the, the best thing I would recommend is this course by Ramit Sethi, who's the author of, I will teach you to be rich. Uh, which is a ridiculous name for a, <laughs> as big of an empire as he's created. Uh, but the course is called Delegate and Done. Just amazing. Very similar to taking the course by Ali Abdal on the Part-Time YouTuber Academy. You just get this vibe that this, this guy is doing stuff. <laughs> he's operating at this level that humans in general don't usually get to. It's so inspiring to, to hear him talk about, you know, how he interacts with his assistant. There's this wonderful anecdote he has at the begin beginning of the course where he's talking about he has a wedding coming up and it's going to be this huge, ridiculous Indian wedding. And there's this outrageous costume he has to wear that's huge and it's going to be this big outdoor event. And he is finding himself becoming anxious at the thought of sweating. He doesn't want to sweat through these and then all his expensive photographs are going to be with these huge sweat stains. And he spent a couple hours... Uh, anxiously Googling things on Amazon and, and the internet of like how to not sweat. And uh, then that triggered for him in his head, wait a minute, I have an assistant. I can just send a thing to my assistant. Sent a single text. I think it was an email. Sent a single email that read along the lines of, hey, I have a wedding coming up, as you know, and I would like a solution to not sweat. Can you please come up with some options for me that would solve this problem for me so that I can keep cool uh, under this costume? And she goes off and does like two hours of research and sends him this table of here are things that I recommend and here are the ones that are can be returned because I know that's important to you and here's the rough price range and I know about how much you would want to spend on this because we've had several interactions. And then he replies back to that email with like, I'll take options five, eight, and nine. And then it, he just has it. And so like the idea that you could do that, that for any problem in your life, all of that research time, and I do rigorous time tracking, so I know exactly how much time I'm burning on this sort of thing. <laughs> I could just send it to my person who I trust, who's a, a responsible person, and I am only making decisions and paying for things. Uh, and then the deal that I get is I just get any arbitrary problem in my life solved. Uh, amazing. So the, the vibe that I get from him is, uh, I, feels very aspirational. Like that's the sort of interaction I wanna be having with a person. Uh, also a, a book called Your World Class Assistant by Michael Hyatt, which echoes a lot of the same things in that course. Uh, and then I got recommended this website called greatassistant.com by Tim Francis. It was recommended by, I think our mutual friend, Matt England. Do you know him? I don't think so. 
I think he's Canadian. He's a cool guy. Uh, another person in this microgram space. Uh, and the so they they vet the person for you and just have a call with you and say what sort of person do you want, and uh, then they match you and. I think through them, I would only need to pay 15 to $20 an hour, which is, well, that would be below budget. That would be amazing. Uh, and in parallel with that, I'm going to post a uh, job listing this next week on all of my social media networks because that's where uh, Ramit Sethi recommends starting to look, just saying like, hey, here's the sort of thing I'm looking for. Uh, here is the type of job that I would want you to be able to do. Here's what the hours look like. Here's the how quickly I would want you to respond. Uh, and... He says probably within your network you'll you'll be able to find someone. Uh, so I am so excited to uh, push this forward. Uh, I've got the call with great assistant. I think also next week, and then the job posting should go in next week, and I should start interviewing people. Uh, and then I'll level up in life. I'll be that much closer to living that remit set. The uh, I don't know be, being a boss, <laughs> getting getting more things done, turning money into ways that I want the world to be different. Yeah. Yeah. I had several thoughts. Um, so the first is, yeah, it's kind of interesting. You have a choice of going with like, uh, um, an agency, it sounds like, right. The mm. People used to being assistants or someone through your network. I think of like, so my sister, she was a nurse and then she broke her hand. Actually, she couldn't work for a oh. while and then COVID hit and then she stopped being a nurse. Cause she's like, I either have to go back into the COVID ward. Right. Which yeah. is no good. Um, anyway, so now she's home watching her kids and you know, uh, and she would probably like something to do, you know, 10 or 20 hours a week. Um, yeah but she doesn't want to be a, a nurse anymore. And so like, there's probably a lot of people like that, that, you know, or people that, you know, that, that would be good at it. Um, or you could go this assistant route. I'm, I'm interested to see, you know, who you end up hiring and how that ends up working out. The other thing I thought of was there, there are sort of classes of things that you sort of mentioned that people are definitely good at. So like you mentioned like groceries. Um, one thing I saw on Twitter was, so we talked about like frozen meals, frozen meals, five bucks a meal or so, and they've come a long way, you know, it's like real ingredients and stuff for $10 a meal or so that gets into the range where you can hire someone, a, a personal chef to go to the store, get your groceries, come home, cook them, put them in the freezer for you. And that's about $10 a meal. It's actually not that expensive compared yeah. to like takeout. Right. Um, but finding that person is kind yes. of tricky. Yes. So if you have a VA or a personal yes, assistant to exactly. find the person, then you get the other person to do it. Well, I think of like, so there are at least four things that are broken in my house right now. Yeah. And they each require something different, you know, like a plumber kind of handyman person, another, you know, like they're, they each require something different. Mm -hmm. And I know it's going to take like two to four hours for me to find each of those people. So they're just, they just stay broken. Cause I don't like, I don't want to call the people to get the people in the house to fix the thing. Yes. But if I had a personal assistant, I could just say, find a person that'll fix this thing for me. Then they'll come and fix the thing. And that would be better. Nice. Um, so I'm, I'm very interested to see how this all works out for you because this sounds like something I could probably use too for several things. It's so funny you bring up the frozen meals for two reasons. First, I had a date night with my girlfriend, Sarah, and uh, <laughs> I, I mentioned you as the excuse for why I did this, but I, I went to Target and I went through all of their frozen meal section. Yeah. And I picked out like, huh, what, what do I think Sarah would like? And I picked one of those out and then I picked something I would like. And then uh, our date was just like, I reheated both of those frozen meals, <laughs> put it in a bag. And then we like went for a walk and had it in the park. And it was delightful. Like yeah, it yeah. wasn't, it wasn't great. Uh, the the right. ones that I got, I think were like the best ones at Target. And I don't know, in terms of my optimal nutrition, it was like a, a five out of 10. Uh, the portion size was kind of small. And like, I didn't, I didn't love the ingredients, but you were right. They, they were much better than they were. 
uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, funny that you might bring that up second because one of the things on my list of 20 things is exactly what you said is I want you to survey, you know, come up with five options for me for uh, personal chef like service uh, in the DFW area and include prices. And like, yeah, that's the category of thing that it's a great idea. And if implemented, if, if you came to me and said, okay, here's what I think is the best option, it would cost $9 a meal if you split it up between four people, which I can do. And here's the interaction you would have with them. Like you can just send them recipes and they'll make it for you, or you can just say, surprise me. And here are each of our dietary restrictions. Like, man, if I had that option in front of me right now, I'd say, yes, of course, please take my, you'll improve my life. Yeah. We have enriched the world. I've uh, given work to this person. And like, I now don't have to think about groceries at all because they're also doing grocery shopping. Like no question. Um, and that's the sort of thing that like, my mom has talked about this sort of in like a fantasizing, wistful, like, oh, wouldn't it be great if one day we had a personal chef? And I think that's that mindset has gotten stuck in my head of like, oh, this is not a thing that you can actually have unless you just have too much money. This is something that only the uber rich have and like, oh, yes, wouldn't it be great if, if this could happen? But like, no, the, the barrier there is not that it costs too much money. The barrier there is just in the activation energy of setting up this arrangement. And that is the work that a personal assistant does. Uh, and I would like to take this opportunity to say, I'm not hiring a personal assistant. Uh, I'm hiring a executive assistant is the, oh. the terminology that I All see right. recommended. Uh, and the, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm saying this as if I'm like uh, aghast that you could say this. <laughs> I still don't fully understand the, the, the yeah. difference, but I, I think it's in the framing of like, the type of person who responds to a role for an executive assistant could be someone like your sister, an ex-nurse, a professional. Uh, if they're being hired for a personal assistant, that's like generally less less paid. That's much more like, you know, handle my dry cleaning. Whereas an executive assistant, this is someone who I would like to trust with some business decisions who, if they have a background in marketing, I'd love to be able to say, hey, let's try out, you know, doing, you handle some of the automation on social media accounts where I have an idea for a thing that I would like to do where the only barrier is just the activation energy. I just need some human attention on it. Uh, but I, I think the idea is that, you know, this is, this is a person on your team who you can trust to be interacting with CEOs and to be, uh, you know, eventually making some of these decisions where instead of saying, present me with some options for this, uh, you can move up to a level of trust where you just say, you know, uh, the, the next step would be come up with options and, uh, give me your recommendation of what you think should be picked. And then eventually you can move to, here's the problem find a couple options and then make a decision and you know, I trust you and we'll, we'll have a follow-up if it doesn't work out, but uh, we've had enough interactions where I think you can, you can make this type of decision at least as well as I can. So, uh, yeah, very excited. <laughs> this is uh, a thing that is in a category of things that I thought would be unattainable for me until I was like a 50 year old businessman <laughs> and, uh, I'm getting one now. And it makes a lot of sense. The economics make sense. And uh, I, I think my only regret is that I didn't push this forward earlier. Yeah. Yeah, I feel so. I felt the same way for a while about uh, cleaning services and, mm. and food home or like home food kind of things, because food is it costs about the same as going out, um, which is kind of expensive, but not overly expensive. Right. And home cleaning i've seen that mentioned on twitter a few times like this week and uh we've thought about it before and we're like eh, whatever but so this uh 
in a couple weeks, my wife's sister is coming. And so we're like getting her room ready and like cleaning stuff. And I'm like, if I just had someone like I, I've had to spend like 20 hours, like eh, maybe 10 hours this last week yeah. cleaning it up. And like, I could just pay someone to do that. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. why, why am I doing this? Um, so I felt the same way about several, especially home things, but business things as well. Um, yeah. Very interested. See how it all goes. 10 to 20 hours of your time was spent cleaning. Yeah. That's, a crime that's that's <laughs> awful the, the capacity that you have unless you enjoyed it like if if it's a thing that you enjoy and you just like i mean it got me out of my computer chair you know it's kind of like exercise a little bit <laughs> so it's probably sure, good for yeah. me really but, there's yeah. there's there's a case to be made but like i think you know uh, outsourcing these sorts of things isn't giving up your humanity it's not th- I'm, I'm saying this because like this is an, an ideal that i've grappled with a lot it's not you know, I'm, I'm not going to hire someone to, like, go on walks for me. I'm not going to hire someone to, like, <laughs> spend time with my family for me. Right. The game is that I want to be able to choose and trust that I had a free choice. So in the situation of you cleaning your house, I think the test that I would have wanted to do is, like, okay, Chris, you have a cleaning team right here, and you can pay them this amount of money, and, like, all you have to do is take take the money currently in your hands and hand it to them, and the problem will be solved. Or you can do it yourself. And if in that situation you would still do it yourself, then great, no problem, it's fine. But I think there are so many more things than I currently understand that like, I am making the choice to do it myself because I'm looking at the action of handing them money as being too complicated. That like, It's not that they're right there, it's that I would have to go find them and then can I trust them? And what am I even asking them to do? And uh, I don't know. There's, there's layers of, of uh, fogginess of that uh, I just haven't thought about. So I'm excited to test for each of these places where I'm spending my time. Is this actually something I'm legitimately enjoying? Or have I just been deluding myself into thinking that I enjoy it so that it gets done? Uh, and I think what I'm probably going to find is that I actually legitimately enjoy software development a lot more than I thought I did. And I don't enjoy at all, like moving stuff <laughs> around or organizing stuff or like putting groceries away. Or I'm curious what that looks like with cooking. Cause I, I do feel like I enjoy cooking and that is sort of a nice break. And it's this fun little technical skill. And I like automating and uh, not automating, but like streamlining the process of, okay, here's this one recipe that I make. And yesterday I made it in six minutes and 10 seconds. And so <laughs> let me try to make it in five minutes and 50. Uh, because I had this idea last night of how I could automate this step by doing these two things in parallel. Uh, and I want, I want to know that I have an option to pay someone to do that for me. And then I'll feel like I, I'm actually making that choice of, no, I actually am cooking because I enjoy it and I can prove it because I have this person available to me that look, you know, my next meal, I'm going to automate. Great. That was fun. But I, I'm itching to, to cook again. Uh, and I honestly don't know. I don't know where I think cooking would be like right on the border for me uh, of something that I might in- legitimately enjoy versus something that uh, actually, if it was just solves, uh, if, if I just had the machine that was spitting out Christian meals, like the quote that Justin Jackson uh, <laughs> quoted us from this last week, that I wouldn't just do that and find better ways to spend my time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially like cooking, like you said, it's kind of a continuum, right? I mean, you, instead of, you know, 14 meals, you could have someone make 10 meals, right? And then you're 
on the hook for four and see how that feels and adjust mm-hmm. it up and down. So yeah, I think you'll find a equilibrium. Um, yeah. So I'm excited for you to do it and spend the money and then tell me what to do to, so that I can spend my money. <laughs> cool. <laughs> a very expensive friend for you to have. <laughs> right. Encouraging you to buy these multi-thousand dollar computer. Your wife must not like me. Uh, <laughs> it's a business expense. And so as long as the business doesn't go in the red uh, and good. I keep getting my salary, uh, I, I told her I was buying it, um, yeah. but I, yeah, yeah, we'll leave it there. I told her I was okay. buying it. And I, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll have to uh, build into the cost of this, the the marriage counseling you'll need to buy afterwards. <laughs> yeah. uh, cool. Uh, I have one more thing I want to talk with you about. Uh, and this is, I think I just want your hot take. I don't, I don't have a explicit uh, ask of a problem I'm on. I have been refocusing this last week on Clipstar Marketing. I had a fantastic call with someone from Milk Video, which is just a great name for a product. Uh, it's at milk.video. And it looks like they're trying to solve a very similar problem, but for sort of a different audience, they will take your conference calls or like your webinars oh, and yeah. uh, split them up and, and cut them up into clips. And their interface for doing this was so clever. They do the transcription and then they have the transcription and then you just highlight the part of the transcription you want. And then that's that determines the start and end time for uh, the video. And I, I love that, what a, what a great idea. Uh, so I'm directly stealing that feature and uh, uh, bringing that into Clipstop Marketing. Um, and I feel a little weird about that because we're in like a similar space. <laughs> and uh, I tried to make it clear that like I'm developing my own thing for this in the call, but I, I guess I could have been more open. I don't know. Um, so I, I'm getting a subscription to them. Uh, they're a Y Combinator company. And so I think are, are going to be making a lot of different decisions than me. And I think we are yeah, going after yeah. different markets. So like, this is a huge problem. We're going to need a whole bunch of people trying to tackle it. Uh, I think I, I don't see them as a competitor and I don't think that they should see me as a competitor. Yeah. It sounds like they're, um, they're very B2B and you're more B2C, B2 prosumer, B2C kind of. I'm, know? I'm B2, I haven't figured it out yet. Yeah, okay. I, I'm, I'm B2Me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, that's a, that was off the cuff. That was, that was very clever. That's good. Uh, one of the things they helped me with was I asked where they were getting their transcriptions through. And they said, oh, we, we were doing the same thing as you. We were going through uh, the Google speech to text. Uh, but there's another Y Combinator company called Assembly AI that, oh my gosh, it's it's exactly what I would have built on top of uh, Google. It's like the API makes sense and they have callbacks and it's so much cleaner and there's no options. It's just like, we'll figure it out. Oh, so good. And they, they let you upload the file to their servers if you want to. It's every problem I had with nice. uh, Google. I was lamenting about this a couple episodes ago. Like, they fixed it. So if you're doing anything with transcriptions in the future, like Assembly AI is the way to go. So uh, in like... I think four hours of work, I was able to swap over all my transcription stuff into assembly AI, which was mostly deleting code, uh, which felt <laughs> really cool. And then I was able to build out this interface where you just highlight the transcripts and that determines the, the start and end points of the clip now, which I am very excited about. Uh, I haven't tested this yet with a full length video, so I'm sure things in React are going to break and I might have to do some clever stuff with like every, every word is its own element with its own state and its mm. own uh uh listeners of like double click and i'm thinking if i have it sounds right now i have like a hundred of them yeah but if i have like thousands of those elements that might crash the page uh i'm hoping it doesn't and i don't have to do anything but i I might have to get clever with like pagination or or something like that uh and so that feels really cool that was like a major hurdle that i was able to burst through in like four hours just by making this connection and i have a call with their cto this next week 
where I want to ask him some more questions about how they're doing the, the video rendering because that's the next uh, problem I'm stuck on. Um, yeah, so the, the next step that I want to do in that is right now I have FFmpeg commands that do what I want to do with like making that Gary V style video with the title on top and the transcription on the bottom. And I don't yet know how to run that on the cloud. And I think what I might want to do is build a pipeline where I have FFmpeg renderers that are running an app engine. Uh, I can't do it serverlessly because I don't know how long these jobs are going to run. Sometimes it might take like an hour depending on what the FFmpeg command is. And so uh, the, the maximum amount of time that a serverless function can run, I think is 10 minutes. Um, although maybe I should just do it serverless and, <laughs> oh man, it, it's, I think I think really what I just need to do is like push forward and like try something and uh, it may be that talking with the, the milk that video guys they'll be like oh actually there's this other Y Combinator company that is just FFmpeg as a service it's exactly what yeah. you want and then that would that would solve the problem for me uh, so that's what I'm thinking about right now with Clipstop marketing uh, what's your hot take on any of that uh, sure so well, we, we sort of talked about this it. yeah we sort of talked about this before like you kind of want to build FFmpeg as a service um, that yeah. might be part of this unless you talk to someone and that already exists um, I think you probably could do it service serverlessly. Um, if jobs cut off after 10 minutes, then just figure out, you know, approximately how long do video clips, um, like you could probably push almost like a 60 minute video into a 10 minute job. Is that, is that right? Uh, you know, I guess it depends on the job obviously, but, um, and then just, you know, just chunk the video. Right. So mm. you just cut up the video into 20 minute segments or something, and then do the command on that and then put it together at the end. Um, and then basically build yourself an FFmpeg as a service and then, and then use that. Uh, I, based on your um, file inbox stuff, I think if you don't do it serverlessly, you will kick yourself later and, yes. and want to rebuild it. So, yeah. Um, Thinking through, I'm actually having a hard time remembering why it couldn't run serverlessly. Because you're right, 10 minutes, especially if I get their, the, the Google's beefiest serverless uh, analog of it lambda function 10 minutes should be more than enough like most clips are going to be under 10 minutes and if i get the beefiest instance it's going to be running faster than real time like that's not going to be a problem hmm i may have been stuck on that i wanted this on app engine because i was trying to build more of a generic thing but in thinking about the pipeline like there's nothing in particular that needs to happen to the entire video it would all be on clips and as long as the clip is under 10 minutes, which I think most clips, that's sort of the nature of clips yeah. is that they're going to be shorter than that. It'll be fine. Hmm. Okay. You, you, can, you can even enforce that. Like this is clips.marketing, not full length video.marketing. Right, so right. <laughs> your clips are less than 10 minutes and that's a thing, you know? Yeah. Um, and I just enforce yeah. that when you're creating the clip, I just don't let you make a clip longer than 10 minutes. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Well, that may have just removed my last barrier for pushing this forward exciting and then the entire pipeline i want for this is for it to be able to integrate with to be able to push videos out to twitter and facebook and everything else and that's just recreating buffer that's just like api commands of uploading videos and uh queuing things up and putting it on a timer it's it's just api calls on a cron job so that'll be straightforward to do serverlessly cool okay this uh, <laughs> Uh, talking a little meta for a second. This is an experience I have a lot of like chewing on a problem and feeling like I hit a wall of not quite knowing what the next step forward is. And then I just set that project down and I do a whole bunch of other stuff. And then 
I'll get a little snippet of something somewhere of like, ooh, milk that video does it this way. And then that's the one key that I needed to go through the store and then everything toppled and then it's, it's much easier to push this project forward again. Um, but I'd like to remember for the future that if I ever feel stuck on a project, it is a totally legitimate and effective thing to do to just set it down and work on something else. And probably the answer will come to me. Yeah, that, that's why I like, so walks are very effective as a software mm. debugging kind of thing. You know, go for a walk and you may figure it out. The other thing, which is interesting is someone had this, I saw this on Twitter this week um, and it's totally true. So like in Kaggle, you'll see a bunch of, a bunch of competitors kind of get to the same score or so. Mm. And then one of them will make a big jump and then they mm. all follow suit right afterwards. And it's like, as soon as they realize that there's a way to get to the next spot, you know, yeah. all of them figure it out at the same time independently. Yeah. Um, and it's like just realizing that it's you know possible makes it gives them a push. Uh, so yeah, that, that kind of reminded me of that. Oh man. I'm reminded of two things. The first is there was a puzzle that my dad was given that has to do with uh, you have 12 balls and one of them, weighs a different amount than all the other balls you don't know if it's heavier or lighter and you have a scale and you can go to the scale three times and you need to tell me which ball is different and if it's heavier or lighter and he was told this puzzle by his cousin who had this caveat that he didn't know if it was possible <laughs> and so my dad knowing this and having this relationship with his cousin that his cousin could just be messing with him uh spent like the next two months on this puzzle because he would work on it a little bit and then hit a wall and then have the thought, ah, oh, well, it's just impossible and I'm wasting my time. And when he eventually came on the answer, he realized, oh, this is something I could have figured out in like an hour if I was just actually trying to solve it and if I just kept pushing forward. Um, so that's, I'm, I'm, I'm curious almost if like you tricked yourself like if you added a fake thing to the leaderboard that was just 10 percent faster than everyone else if that wouldn't help people feel like it was possible but then that gets hard because if you're if you're actually hitting a wall that's impossible and then uh now, now they're not going to trust that and now the effect right. is is going to be diminished you you sort of need to ah, there, there's a valuable lesson here i think in the psychology of just believing that you can do something and that will actually help you do it better. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I'm going to choose to believe that I can make this serverless infrastructure for rendering videos. It's, do it's it. very possible. Choose, choose to believe. <laughs> there's the, there's the episode title. Choose to believe. Choose to believe. <laughs> um, there was one more thing I wanted to mention on Clipstar marketing, which is that YouTube clips has in beta. I just found out about this on Twitter through, listener uh cubit uh codename cubit uh we, we are prohibited from saying his actual name on the show uh youtube it has this new mechanism where you can clip episodes and that's great i think we need more clipping on the internet and the way that this is working wants to keep you on youtube and that's sort of different from what i'm trying to do and like of course that's what youtube is doing because youtube is this monster that just wants more attention on youtube but if you're a content creator the thing that you want is more attention on you and you don't really care what platform it's on so uh i i had this little familiar pang of panic when i saw that youtube was announcing this feature like oh well here we go there's no point in making clips on marketing and like <laughs> this will be good because i can still use it but like i was having fun building my thing and then i saw the way youtube was doing it and i was like huh yeah no youtube has very different 
ideals for me. They have very different goals. And then I got brought back down to like, of course, I've been through this several times. Like the reason why there are so many grocery stores is that people want different things in a grocery store. And it's a differentiating, differentiating factor enough that a grocery store is 60 seconds closer to you. Then you'll choose that grocery store over another grocery store. Um, so it's nice to be reminded that you're not competing with other people in your same space. You're competing with the people you're competing with entropy and like competing with doing nothing over people who you could be helping by doing the thing that you're doing. The, there is a personal chef somewhere in DFW that is competing right now with me cooking my own meals. <laughs> yep. And I would just love for him to, uh, what's the, what's the word? Disrupt that, uh, that current industry. That would be great. Uh, even if, you know, he might cook food worse than I do. Uh, from a, if, if it was judged in the same way, uh, if you could come up with some sort of an objective standard of how to cook food, uh, <laughs> measure the amount of VOCs in the air or something, I don't know. Uh, but I'm defining better as I am spending less time on food. And if, if this person is making a product that is optimizing that dimension of what I want, I will pay him money and switch over from what I was doing before. So the with YouTube clips and with milk video and with, I'm sure there's dozens of other people attacking this problem. Like there's room for everyone. As long as this problem still exists, as long as there are nuggets of hidden wisdom being lost in long form content. Uh, I think the game is attack it from every side you can. And in that game, there's going to be winners and losers, and it'll probably be a Pareto distribution of who ends up getting the most market share. And as I've learned with file inbox, it's fine. You, you can live very comfortably on the margins of that. Uh, and you can build a great business targeting a, a very narrow market and making your definition of better very specific and just slightly different from what everyone else is, is doing. And I think the angle with that for Clips.Marketing is I am building something for people who have long-form content like this sort of podcast who want to effectively in terms of the amount of human time spent, have the same, uh, a, a similar sort of product that they would if they had Gary Vee or Tim Ferriss's entire marketing team behind them, uh, but without people. So it's just like a streamlined automated system where if we wanted to, like you or I could be operating this ourselves and driving this, what would look like machine that there was an entire marketing team behind of someone managing the content and writing the titles and editing the videos. And it's, it's a thing that will let us do that with minimal time, uh, personally. Uh, so we still have that personal touch. Like we can still be engaged in the content and engage with our audience. Uh, yeah. And, and that's not, that's not an audience that I think is currently being served. Yeah. Yeah. There's two things I picked up there, which are super important. And the first one took me a long time to understand, but it's like competition does not is not bad for you. Actually, mm -hmm. more competition is better for indie hackers. Um, it's better for the indie entrepreneurs because more competition means there's more people actually participating in the market. Yeah. So like the fact that YouTube is doing this means that they're being asked by a lot of people. It takes a lot of people to ask for YouTube for something before YouTube does it. Yeah. And so like there are a lot of people asking for this. Um, and you're right. You're totally serving a different market. Um, the, then the other thing is people buy stuff. Um, for the story uh, as much as for the features. And so like, I just heard you say, you know, I'm going to help people produce things like the entire team of Gary V or Tim Ferriss, right? Mm -hmm. 
Like that's your story. Like I, I'm going to re reproduce this team of people who has all this marketing background and I'm going to do that for you. Um, so yeah, when you're thinking about features or whether or not to do something, yeah. Th think about it from that perspective. I'd say like, that's your story. You're reproducing marketing teams from these marketing geniuses. Um, love it. Yeah, I think that's awesome. I can imagine the graphics in the landing page now. Cool. That's all I got. I think I'm going to have a very fun week last next week, uh, figuring out <laughs> my very first hire. I'm very excited. Cool. Yeah. That's all I got too. I will see you next week. Right, goodbye. Bye.